The Coffee Break Liberty Podcast, Episode 43. Hello and welcome back everybody to the Coffee Break Liberty Podcast with me, your host, Leo Sowers, and as always, the Liberty Dog himself, Gino, is here along with me for this podcast recording. And before we jump into this week's episode, I want to remind you guys about the store at coffeebreakliberty.com. So when you go to coffeebreakliberty.com, and I want you to go to coffeebreakliberty.com, that's my website, but when you go there, in the upper portion of the page, there's a tab for the store, and I want you to click on it and check it out. And when you do, you're going to see the best, the best coffee mugs with the Coffee Break Liberty logo on them, libertarian, other libertarian-esque and anarchist lo- logos, symbology, and phrasing. And you're also going to see laptop cases, t-shirts, stickers, a whole bunch of stuff, right, with the Coffee Break Liberty logo on it. So I want you to go check it out at coffeebreakliberty.com. But when you go to coffeebreakliberty.com, I want you to also hang out for about 10 to 15 seconds. You'll get hit with a banner to sign up for the newsletter. And I'm telling you, sign up for that newsletter. Because when you do, you're automatically going to get a discount code for 10% off of your first order from the coffeebreakliberty.com store. So again, go to coffeebreakliberty.com, click on that store tab, and get yourself a mug. Well, this week's podcast is probably what everybody else is really talking about, and that is the leak from the Supreme Court of on their opinion to overturn the Roe versus Wade uh, decision. Well, opinion, really, uh, you know, back way back in the day. So for those not tracking, if you've been living under a rock, there was a memo that was written for the majority opinion to overturn the Roe v. Wade opinion and pretty much kick the issue of abortion back down to the states. That's kind of what's going on. There was a leak of this memo. So the, the, the actual decision isn't supposed to come out for like another month and a half or something like that. But the memo has already been leaked with the, like I said, the, the uh, majority opinion upon it. I've talked about this before the difference between opinions and decisions and rulings with the Supreme Court. Essentially, the Supreme Court does not make decisions, really. It doesn't make rulings. The Supreme Court does not create law. What the Supreme Court does by the Constitution, by the Constitution, this is before they started giving themselves all these powers, but all they're allowed to do is just render an opinion. That's all it is. I mean, really, even when you read it today, it's still majority opinion or dissenting opinion. That's all that really comes out, right? And then one judge, well, sometimes it's one judge. Sometimes it's more justices, I should say justices, you know, will write, you know, either a dissenting or or a majority opinion piece on it. But uh, that's, you know, that that's what that is. So the way it is supposed to work, just this it's kind of a pet peeve. So I'm just going to talk about it for a little bit. The way it is supposed to work is let's say a law is passed by Congress or an executive order is put out by the president and it then gets taken to the Supreme court and it's declared unconstitutional. The opinion is that it's unconstitutional. Now that doesn't make it necessarily, you know, that doesn't mean that the Supreme, that the, uh, 
the law the law isn't like stricken from the books if that makes sense that doesn't make the executive order go away i know this may sound nuanced and not very important but the way it can function technically is like let's say there's an executive order um well let's let's use the one that fdr did right for for uh pretty much putting all people of japanese heritage in in camps in uh, during world war ii let's say that had gone to the supreme court and was deemed unconstitutional okay the opinion is that it's unconstitutional let's say that that was that happened right it should have happened but it didn't that doesn't mean he he's gonna stop like he doesn't have to stop there's no enforcement to make the president stop if that makes sense there's there's nothing that you know the executive order would still exist it just would be considered unconstitutional now of course it would be up to the people that are carrying out the orders like oh well wait a minute this is you know unconstitutional whatever and the Every time something is deemed unconstitutional, you know, the majority opinion is that it's unconstitutional. We always see, you know, those enforcing those laws or rules or what have you. We we always see them back off, right? We never see them go forward yet. But in theory, they could still go forward with it because the laws are still on the book, the books rather. So in theory, what could happen is, you know, that they continue, like in this case that we were using, this kind of pseudo made up situation, but did happen. Now, let's say it was uh, the majority opinion was that it was uh, unconstitutional to put people of Japanese heritage in internment camps. Okay, let's say they were continuing to be put in internment camps. Not a whole lot could really be done. Really, it would then be up to the voters or Congress could, you know, create some laws or something to counteract that executive order. Something could happen maybe there, but really it would kind of come up to the voters then like, hey, we're going to vote you out because you're. If it was an important enough issue for people, hey, you're violating the Constitution, and that's the opinion of not only the Supreme Court, but the people as well, or what have you. Like, that's kind of the way it's supposed to be, right? The voters, the people, are supposed to be the backstop. Like I said, every time something is, uh, you know, the, 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 the majority opinion is that something is unconstitutional, as, as far as I can remember, you know, maybe there's a case out there that I'm unaware of, but I'm every case that I know of is that either the enforcing agency has been directed to back off or they have backed off or something along those lines. So it's never been pushed to where like, well, no, they're just going to continue doing unconstitutional things. So that's the way that's supposed to. And and it's important too, though, to understand that it's a, it's an opinion, not, not a ruling, not a decision. If that makes sense, it's important to understand that it's an opinion because that makes it non binding. And you may say, well, that's bad. That, you know, that, that, that's horrible because if it's unconstitutional, it's not binding, then yes, Congress or this enforcement agency could continue to enforce these unconstitu- unconstitutional laws or rules or whatever, what have you. Yes, that situation is very true. That is possible because it's non-binding. But because it is non-binding, that also makes things easier to overturn, to get rid of laws later on when maybe, you know, opinion changes in, in the zeitgeist, you know, so the, the way that the, the, well, at least the way it worked out, not sure if they wanted it to be this way, but the way that it, it works out, you know, because it's an opinion, you're not necessarily asking the federal government to make a, a ruling if this is constitutional or not, if that makes sense. 
So you're you're just kind of asking these like that. That's where the hypocrisy comes in, or the, the insanity of it all, right? When people think that it's a ruling, well, then why would you set it up to where you're asking the federal government if what they're doing is legal or not? You're not. What you're technically doing is asking people in the federal government at least their opinion, and they're not supposed to be partisan, but of course they are. But that's the way it's supposed to work. You're not supposed. You're not technically asking if it's legal or not or you're not you're not you are but you're not uh the the opinion is not a ruling and that is vital to understand because many people get this wrong i mean the way people talk about the supreme court forever the way it's taught in history classes is that it's a ruling and it's not a ruling it's an opinion and that's it's a pet peeve of mine I've written about it. I think I've even talked about it on the podcast once or twice. So this is maybe the second or third time. It's a pet peeve, but it's very important to understand. And that leads into what happened, right? So the majority opinion in this memo is that Roe v. Wade is not the way it sounds. Is It's not a... Uh, so for those who don't know, Roe v. Wade was essentially deemed... Uh, I don't even know if it was deemed constitutional or not, but essentially like the fourth amendment, right? Your right to privacy was invoked. Okay. And that's what it was. It was, you have a right to privacy. So, so when people say you have a right to an abortion, understand that they're wrong. You have a right to privacy. That's where the Roe v. Wade decision, the opinion, see, even I screwed up from time to time. The opinion was made. You have a right to privacy between you and your doctor. And then a few other things that were added, you know, along the way of like, hey, well, we can't have unrestricted abortions, you know, up until like two days prior to birth, you know. So if if memory serves me right and somebody may correct me in the comments, but it was always left up to the states that they could make rules based, you know, in the second and third trimester. That's always been there since Roe v. Wade. And then quickly, it's it's very damaging. It's It's a bad look. You know, if you want to keep these institutions, and some of you don't, and hey, more power to you. <clears throat> I don't. Um, if It's a very bad look, though, for the strength and integrity of these institutions, which is a good thing, in my opinion, when a memo like this gets leaked. And then you can go really conspiratorial and say, well, it actually was leaked on purpose because they want us to distract us from X, Y, and Z, and that can hurt. Whatever, you know, that can totally be the case. I wouldn't, it it wouldn't surprise me if that really is the case, right? They want to get us wrapped up about this debate again because something else is going on, like the Ministry of Truth, like we talked about last week, right? And then on to what everybody else is talking about, getting everybody riled up lately. Where does everybody stand this week on abortion? I have talked about it slightly on the Facebook page, kind of in passing. But because it is now up front in the zeitgeist again, I'm going to talk about it now. Right now we're again seeing the hypocrisy of both the left and the right. The right for the past two and a half years, two years, leave me alone, leave me alone, you don't have any control over my body, and the left... For the last two years, I have control of your body. I have control of your body. Wear a mask, wear a mask, take a vaccine. Okay? So they flipped, right, when it was the vaccine issue. Both of them. And they just kept calling each other out for the hypocrisy. 
and bam, like that, they were back where they were two and a half years ago. The you know the loud left and the loud right. I'm I'm not talking to everybody, but there's a big chunk, the loud chunk, right? They're back where they were two years ago because COVID's over. Those who wanted to be left alone for the past two years with masks and vaccines. And they were right. They were absolutely right. But now they want to have some say over somebody else's body. I'm getting, I'm, don't jump ahead of me, people that are, gonna, that are boiling in their seats, right? And now it's gone the other way, though, for the left. Well, for the last two years, they've wanted everybody to wear a mask. They felt the government had the right to tell everybody to wear a mask and then take a vaccine. And now they don't want the government to tell them anything that they can or cannot do with their bodies. Hypocrites, all of them. And it doesn't bother them that they are hypocrites because as we've talked about before, they are not principled people. They have no principles. I mean, we've all seen it, right? If, if, you're, if you're where I am or generally where I am, you have at least, you've at least seen it, I would think, right? You, you've noticed it. There's a lot of hypocrisy going on. And us being the, the liberty movement, the libertarians, lowercase l, or anarchists, we're supposed to be principled. If you're in the LP, which I am, you know, that's the party of principle. The, you know, we are the principled. We are the adults in the room. So we see this. We see this hypocrisy. We note it. We try to avoid being hypocrites. Well, how do you do that in a case like this? If you're like me and you think that abortion is vile. You think that it's evil. You think it is one of the worst things somebody, you think, it, you think it's honestly one of the worst decisions somebody could make. I know every case is different. Da, 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 da. And when you say that, just keep in mind that 92% of the cases were elective. It wasn't like due to rape. It wasn't due to incest. It wasn't due to uh, danger of the woman. 92% in a survey in 2015 in the U.S. of abortions done were because they just didn't want to deal with it. So if you're like me and you think that is a horrible decision, it is the wrong decision, right? But then you don't want the government to infringe on anybody. You don't want the government to tell anybody what they can and cannot do. I don't want there to be government at all. So clearly I don't want the government to tell people what they can and cannot do. So it leaves me with this. And maybe some of you guys too. And I think this is, you know, I look at it this way. And I hate the terminology, but we'll just use it for brevity. I'm pro-choice. I just happen to think about 3 million women, give or take, make the wrong choice every year in the United States. That's my opinion. Hate it if you want. Whatever. Hate the opinion. Hate me. Whatever. I'll still be here. I think you can make that choice with your body. I just think it's the wrong choice because I think you are destroying a life. I think you are ending a life. Myself, I want to live in a society where there is no restriction on your body, right? There's no restriction from any government on your body. But the idea of abortion is unthinkable. That's the kind of society I want to live in. That's the kind of people I want to surround myself with. That's the community I want to build. And that's the community I think libertarians, lowercase 
libertarian, what you know, lowercase l, whatever, whatever terminology you want to use. I really think those in the liberty movement are trying. We just don't know how because we're like stray cats trying to herd cats and snakes. But we're trying to build that like-minded community. I would think, especially the uh, anarchists like myself that are also Christian or have some faith, you know, have some religious beliefs. Because most, you know, they're, they're not really in favor of abortion, right? So where do we draw the line? Well, we draw the line at, hey, I just don't want to be around. I don't want to be in a society where abortion is, for some people, and I, I know some of these people, it's the first option. I don't want to be in that kind of society. I don't want to be surrounded so much, you know. I'm not saying I want to just totally disavow these people or whatever. I'd rather see them find help and seek the help that they need. But I want abortion to be an unthinkable action among the community, amongst rather the community that I want to live in. That's the community we're building. You, me, our families, our friends in the liberty movement, the anarchist movement, whatever you want to call it, that's the community that we're building. And that's why freedom of association, I'm kind of getting off the rails on this one, but that's why freedom of association is so important. I should not be forced to be associated, to have to be associated with people that literally are against everything I believe, everything I live for. They are the exact opposite of that. What they stand for, what they fight for, what they believe in, how they treat each other, how they treat other people, what they expect from me, but not from themselves. I shouldn't be forced to live with those people and neither should you. That's the communities we're building. That's the communities we need to continue building because we're going to win this and we're going to be left the hell alone. And then finally, you know, if I just have to make a plea with the left right now, make it, making a pitch to the left for those that haven't been on board for a while, if they're ever out there listening to this, may I offer you a red pill in these trying times? If you're going to put your faith that this is all going to work out in your favor in nine people wearing magic robes, you know, the way you want it, right? You, you want to have, to have the freedom to, 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 to have an abortion. You want to have that. And this is to the left, right? Well, you, you've been putting your faith in this, in this idea that people wearing magic robes are the gatekeepers to that. That's that's the delusion y'all are living in. The right does it too for other issues, to be fair, okay? I'm just, this is just to the left, right? You've put your faith in this system and it has failed you. The system is not designed to work. Not for us anyways, not for the common person. The system is designed to keep those in power that are already there and to expand their power to take our money, to take our resources, and then to just kind of screw with our freedoms, right? Screw with what we care about. So the blue pill, which many of you are, there's plenty on the right too, but right now, you know, a lot of the left is blue pilled. You know, that's that's the idea that this system, this idea of a U.S. government or a government in general is going to work itself out. This is going to work in your benefit, and it's for your benefit. You know, ideas like democracy are blue-pilled ideas. 
okay? The idea that, you know, well, it's just mob rule, but we have a set of rules now. It's written down on paper, so it's actually not mob rule anymore. That's a blue-pilled idea. Then you take the red pill. The red pill is that this system, this government, all governments, aren't for your benefit. That there are nefarious actors within that hold lots of power or often control these systems that are working against you. They do not have your best interest at heart. And if you think there is a difference between who you vote for, you just, you've just seen that there isn't, right? You just saw that, that your vote does not matter. Because nine people in robes, in magic robes, did something you cannot live with. So the red pill is acknowledging that, hey, this ain't going to work. This whole idea of government, this whole idea of democracy, this whole idea that these systems in place, these institutions are for my benefit is false and they're not going to work. Okay, that's the red pill. What happens after you take the red pill? We got to follow the Michael Malice, you know, the Michael Malice suggestion. Once you take the red pill, that's fine. But don't, don't eat the whole bottle or then you'll take the black pill, okay? So after you, this, there's a progression, right? Blue pill, right? You're, everything's just all hunky-dory. You're just asleep. You're not really aware of what's going on. Red pill, you're finally awake to the idea. The Matrix 2 kind of comes up with this, right? Red pill, though, is you're kind of awake to the idea that this is not in your benefit. These systems are not for your benefit. But then what happens? Well, there's the black pill and the white pill. This is kind of a stage thing. What happens after you take the red pill? The black pill is we're all doomed. Nothing is ever going to work. We're all going to lose and we're all going to end up in a ditch. And let me tell you, it's real easy to take that black pill. It's real easy to look around, be aware that, hey, these systems are not in my benefit, and then to get depressed. But it's designed that way. It's designed that way because they've ingrained you since, you know, and this goes both for left and right, really, but you've been ingrained since you were a child that these systems were there to help you. These systems were good. That these systems put in place, this government was there to protect you and to look out for you and that everybody in the government cared about you. If you believe that now, I mean, take one trip to the DMV and tell me everybody in the government cares about you, right? That that should show you right there, right there. That is people in your local community that do not care about you. And they work at the DMV. You know, it's people complain. I know I'm getting a little off on the DMV, but people complain about the inefficiency of the DMV. No, there's more to it. It's that the people there do not care. You are a waste of their time. So the black pill is you're going to be depressed. You're going to get sad. You're going to have this feeling like, you know what? We're going to lose. And it's designed that way that if you ever take the red pill, you're also going to take the black pill because now your faith in everything you once knew and all you held dear has fallen apart and you can't handle it, right? Like you can't handle the truth, right? That's the black pill. The black pill is we're going to lose. The white pill, the one that I sell here, the one that I want you to walk away with is that we're going to win. We're going to win this. It's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. 
It's going to take a long time. We may not even see it, but hopefully our children will. That's the white pill. We are going to win this. Because all in all, at the end of the day, right? At the end of the day, and I really don't like that phrase, but at the end of the day, look at who we're up who look at who we're up against. Now these people have power. They have power. That is I won't deny that. But they're not smart. The most powerful people in the last what, well, 6 years, 5 years, whatever, you know, going to be 8 years in a few years, right? In 2024 will have been Joe Biden and Trump. Those will have been the most powerful people in the last eight years come 2024. Two buffoons. We're going to win this. It's going to be tough. But that's the white pill. So I want the left right now that is all distraught, all worried, to recognize that, hey, you, we may disagree on the abortion issue and all that. But the red pill is, and I want you to take it, is that this system isn't going to work. Now, what what you plan to do from there, I mean, what I suggest every once in a while is a national divorce. Okay, But that's, I kind of talked about that a little bit ago. But I want you to take the red pill. I want you to wake up. This system is not designed to benefit you. It's not designed to benefit your neighbor, the people you care about, the people that control this system. They probably hate you. They don't love you. They don't care about you. So take the red pill, but don't take the whole bottle. Don't go down that black pill path because it's hard to get out. It's understandable if you get in. It's understandable. And it's hard to get out. But as someone who had once been there, thinking that this is all lost, and if you look at some of my old writings that they're still out there. You can find them. I was very black-pilled. I thought we were going to lose. Not anymore. We're going to win this. Take the red pill, knowing full well that we are going to win this. All right, guys, that about wraps it up for this week's podcast. But before I sign off, I want to remind you of the affiliate program that, well, I'm affiliated with. So once again, if you go to coffeebreakliberty.com, Next to the store tab in the upper portion of the page, there is an affiliate tab, and I want you to click on it and read all about it. Essentially, though, I am affiliated with Bluehost. Bluehost is the hosting company that, well, hosts this website and podcast. And if you sign up with Bluehost to get your website, and we should all have our own websites, but if you sign up with Bluehost through my link to get your website, you're going to get free publicity on the podcast, the Facebook page, the Instagram, the Twitters, everything, all the social medias, you're going to reach thousands of people right away with your new website. If you sign up for your new website with my affiliate link, so that once again, go to coffeebreakliberty.com, check out that affiliate tab, and hey, get yourself a website, get that free publicity. And one final note before I sign off this week, guys, I want to remind you all to to subscribe to the show. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. We're on the big three. Or you can, of course, always go to the website and listen to the show off of the website straight from the raw feed. But again, we are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. So go check us out there, subscribe, share this show with a friend, and leave an awesome review. 
Because the more reviews we get, the higher we go in the algorithms. And that's what we want. We want more people to hear this message. But until the next time, guys, take care.